Hey there, this is Ross from The Great Updraft. In this video, we're going to look at practical habits for maintaining a healthy mind, and we're going to look at incredible insights into how the mind works. In watching this, you're going to become a student of your own mind. These insights cover some of the best tips that you'll find out there from the best teachers. I've sort of cherry-picked from the best of the best, and I've also got a ton of case studies of people who have transformed their mind using these habits. I reached out to folks on social media and they shared some wonderful stories of their own inner transformation. I'll be sharing these stories with you. A little note before we get started, you might think this video is a little bit long, but you have to realize that we are taught none of this as we're growing up and most people will live and die without knowing, without knowing any of these habits and their mind health will definitely be affected as a result. There's a lot to cover here and the important part is that this, these insights usually take a lot of suffering to arrive to on your own back or just finding the right book at the right time. And I want you to prevent this ahead of time and start living more fully right away by listening to these insights and implementing them right away. So let's get right into it. Let's move right into section one, which is called bringing awareness to the mind, bringing awareness to the mind. And I'm going to cover four principles or exercises here for bringing more awareness to our mind. The point here is that without seeing what's going on in the mind for yourself in your own first person experience, you're never really going to be able to take on the tools that I'm giving here to transform your mind because we need to see the evidence for ourselves. We need to be able to see what's going on here. It's not some nice theory that we have. It's actually a direct first person awareness of what's going on. So first up, the first principle or habit is to create a mind inventory. So what's a mind inventory? It's basically a being aware of what is going on in your mind on a regular basis. Often we are thinking unconsciously. We don't really realize that we are thinking a lot of the time. And often there seems to be no rhyme or reason to our thoughts. It's kind of like just a random assortment over the course of the day and there's no patterns or structure behind them. In one sense that is true and because our mind is so it has access to so much information and it's stored a lot of memories in there and it can also imagine things. There is an enormous scope, like an enormous variety possible. But on the other hand, you'll see if you start analyzing your mind for yourself and start doing a, an inventory of it, you'll see that actually you're running mental patterns. Although there's a huge variety, you're also running mental patterns. And if you can start to identify those, you're going to get a much better handle on your mind and you're going to see how it's contributing to your life and how it's jeopardizing your life, jeopardizing your happiness and your mind health. What we're going to do is we're basically going to sort and categorize everything that's going on in there. So there's themes, there's categories, you know, there's, there's events that we are ruminating on, there's scenarios, there's problems in our life that we are constantly thinking about trying to solve them in our mind. So Perhaps you've, you had a, a past relationship that left you traumatized. You better watch out for that. That's going to be in your mind and you're going to be, see it in your first person experience that 
Yeah, that's like a recurring theme over weeks, days, weeks and months. That's always going through your mind. Maybe it's an old friendship, one that you didn't have closure on, one that didn't end as you would have liked. Maybe you said something that you regretted. Maybe they said something to you that hurt you and you're left with this feeling of either guilt or of hatred or of sadness about that friendship. Well, look out for that because that's going to be running through your mind. Things like money problems or problems with all the priorities you've got in your life, those you're also going to be thinking about those all the time and from many, many different angles. So watch out for that. It's there are certainly patterns and things that we are constantly thinking about. And once we see that, we can use it as a source of information for the action that we're going to take next. So yeah, bit of self-analysis here, bit of journaling, bit of bringing awareness to what's going on in your mind and realizing these patterns that are running through it. Great, on to principle number two, is to be ready for catastrophe. Be ready for catastrophe. I don't mean be ready for catastrophe in the world or in your personal life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying be ready for your mind catastrophizing events in your life. This happens during, say, arguments, bad days at work, breakups, when you're watching the evening news, you know, events that trigger you, events that aren't pleasant to you, that don't go the way that you would have liked them to go. You start creating these horrible, pessimistic futures in your mind and you extrapolate your current, the current emotions and current thoughts that are going through your mind. You extrapolate those. You forget about all the, the good stuff that's happened to you before that and you extrapolate all that negative stuff into the future and you create like this doomsday scenario of how everything is going to go wrong for you. So just keep this in mind that that will happen to you. And when you have these challenging moments in your life, there's obviously a spectrum of challenge, you'll be more equipped to say, look out for that catastrophe mode instead of just being dragged away by it. And I would recommend you say something to yourself like, and start training yourself in those little moments, in those little arguments, in those little bad things that go wrong at work, for example, or in your relationship. Say to myself, I am in catastrophe mode or my mind is in catastrophe mode and just realize that that's what it's doing. It's going into catastrophe mode, extrapolating wildly into the future. And in doing that, you make it into an object rather than a subject. You're not identified with it. You're actually sort of creating a distance there and you're saying you're labeling it, you know, you're creating a distance and that really helps you just let the mind do what it wants, but you are peaceful in that and you can see that the mind is just doing its thing. It's trying to work out what's going on. It's trying to solve your problems for you. Great, moving right along to number three, the third principle. This one is very, very important. It's sort of influenced by Buddhism, meditation, mindfulness, that kind of thing. And it's to create witness awareness. Witness awareness. What is witness awareness? Let's back up a second here. The conscious mind is not your brain, right? We need the neocortex, you know, we need the human part of our brain to 
be able to generate those thoughts and images and whatever else we have that is only unique to human beings. That's in a scientific sense. But your actual moment-to-moment experience of the mind is not a brain. Like you can't, ex- you're not directly experiencing your brain. You're actually what you're directly experiencing when you're experiencing your mind is a voice, and you're also experiencing reels of images in your mind. So you're experiencing a voice and images. That's what the mind actually is. It's not a brain. So what I'm saying here is that those thoughts and those, uh, sorry, those sounds and images are actually an experience in your first person. And when you can become aware of them and you see them coming up, that actually allows you to create a distance between them as they come up. What happens is when we develop mental capacities for the first time, we become identified with the voice. We become identified with these images. We also have images of ourselves, of our face, for example, and we become identified with those. And it's a good thing we do. If we don't, we do not develop a strong sense of self and we might develop psychosis or a really unhealthy form of narcissism where we actually don't have a cohesive sense of self that we can use to function in the world. We need it to function in the world, but we become identified with this voice what we can do once we're identified with it, we can actually start to go beyond it. And the the key here is mindfulness and meditation. It's getting good at listening to the voice as though it weren't, wasn't your own voice. Get Listening to the voice as if it's just something happening, like a splash of water, a, you know, a, a sound around you, just any other experience that isn't of this mental, these mental thoughts and these images that are coming up. Meditation is an absolutely vital tool for this and a lot of the very common meditation practices just get you to witness the mind, just get you to witness these thoughts and images as they arise and get you to disidentify with them. And this is crucial for say spiritual enlightenment but it's also crucial for just your mind health because if you're identified with the voice, you actually, you you take it very personally. And actually you can reach a point where you observe your mind so much that you don't take this voice personally anymore. And when you get to that stage, well, you may not have changed the content of that voice, but at least you've disidentified with it. So this is about disidentifying with it, not necessarily changing the content. Although I would say that if you can create this witness awareness where you're watching, it makes it easier to go in there and tinker around with the content, which is a lot of what this video is about. Efficient Turbo on Reddit said this to me, quote, kind of makes me sad too that how, how many people are a slave to their mind on autopilot and don't know. I don't say this from a soapbox. It's just unfortunate that a lot of people will never experience even five minutes of simply observing their thoughts, end quote. Yeah, this is about observing thoughts and unslave, <laughs> stopping ourselves from being slaves to the mind. And that's it's an absolutely vital part of mind health. And I often think even in apps like Headspace and whatnot, 
that it doesn't really go to this level of actually disidentifying with the mind. It just it gets you to soothe yourself and to get you to think nice thoughts. But let's also learn the skill of detaching from the mind and observing it. Great, on to the final one in section one. And this is a bit of an advanced one. This is to realize that the mind is a masterful story storyteller. What am I saying by this? We're so identified with the mind that we actually, we often can't see that a lot of what is, what's going on in the mind is really just, it's, it's like a bunch of stories and events and tales and monologues and dialogues all fighting for our attention and that a lot of it isn't even true or real or wise. It's like the mind is like a child just crying out for attention. And especially, this is especially true when we're going through difficult periods in our life. We just take this mind to be true and then we talk, you know, we when we're talking about our issues to other people, we, we talk as though we are the mind and we get caught up in the stories. The mind is a storyteller. And while the mind can offer us wonderful insight, and divine inspiration, and it can, it's like we need it to, navigate life it can be like a control panel for us a lot of the time it's just spewing out rubbish it's telling us stuff that isn't true and we are listening to it we're listening to it we're listening to it this is an absolutely vital principle if we can look at the mind disconnect from the mind be able to see it for what it is and then be able to actually question like where are these thoughts even coming from like what why is the mind telling me all this rubbish? That's just an absolutely vital part of, yeah, living, having a healthy mind. So now we're going to get onto section two, which is directly about transforming your mind, transforming the content. And I'm going to give you some transformative techniques that you can begin implementing right now, today. I'm going to start out with the suggestions that I got from my friends on Reddit, and then I'm going to move on to a final one of my own. I thought the, the suggestions on Reddit were very good. So number one, don't take things personally. And I'm going to quote, not Dakar from Reddit, quote, not taking things personally, especially from friends. Each human is going through their own individual stressors and pain. A little empathy for someone, especially someone being mean, goes a long way for your mental peace. Just remember that hurt people hurt people, end quote. And I'm also going to, I'm going to paraphrase Don Miguel Ruiz from his book, The Four Agreements here. What Don Miguel said was that people are living their own dream and so are you. And often we don't realise that people are in their own dream. Like everything they say about you is going through an enormous filter the filter of their own experience, the filter of their own judgments, the filter of their own psychology. And for example, when someone dislikes you, it might not be because you're objectively a, a, an unpleasant person to be around or you're doing something damaging to that person. It's just that they're, they might be envious of you. Envious is a huge source of hate. They're envious of you and they're envious of you because they they know they've got potential in them, but they, they haven't they haven't found a way to explore that potential and bring it out. 
and they also hate things in you that you express and they can't express so if you express anger for example and they have that repressed in their psyche they're gonna be envious of you they're going maybe not envious they're gonna have this allergic reaction to you because deep down they know that they could do with embodying that but they can't this is a great advice piece of advice for the advice of not taking things personally it's a great piece of advice for emotional health in general but if you take things personally what happens is you you start running those events over in your mind what that person said to you what you know that person that uh, did something mean to you you're just going to generate repetitive thought patterns in your mind you're going to figure it out you're going to try and you know you're going to try and think why did that person do that why did i react in that way what have i done wrong what did i do to generate that reaction or behavior in the other person and actually that's if you take it personally if you don't take it personally you realize that maybe it really wasn't your fault and the other person is acting out of ignorance their own ignorance and their own they're in their own dream essentially as don ruiz would say great second method for transforming your mind is gratitude and i've got a really interesting case story here about a man who recovered from alcoholism and part of his recovery process was gratitude so let's hear a quote from him this is from m01 m0mb1e on reddit Quote, I'm a recovering alcoholic with clinical depression and anxiety and I'm mid-divorce. My world used to be full of anger and fear, but the simple act of identifying and naming three things I'm grateful for each day has helped me require my brain to look for good instead of preparing for the worst. End quote. Isn't that a wonderful story of just the simple act of gratitude and finding these three things that we're grateful for each day, how that can transform you. I can see a real genuine transformation there in this person's mind health. And just to add to this a little bit, the reptilian and the reptilian and limbic brains, which are sort of the first two layers of the human brain are the reptilian brain, first of all, and the limbic brain. Then we've got like the human part, which is the, um, can't remember what it's called, but includes the neocortex and so on. The first two are fear-oriented, and they're basically designed to enable animals to survive, enable mammals to survive. And they're constantly looking out for what's going to threaten their survival in the environment. And as a human, what that means is focusing on all the negative. It focuses on what could go wrong instead of what's going right is focus on what we don't have what other people have over us rather than what we already have and by practicing gratitude we're deliberately turning the tables of that we're we're overcoming that fear tendency that reptilian and limbic tendency to see everything that's wrong and to get mired in our depression and in our unhealthy mental habits and yeah, this is just a very fantastic example of how a, a little simple habit can change your, your, the content of your mind on a permanent basis. This particular gratitude exercise, if you want to start it, is to every single night or every single morning or both to write three things in your 
a notebook or on a piece of paper three things that you're grateful for and just to think about those things for a little while and over time yeah it really can change how you see your life and it changes your the health of your mind so thanks MOMB1E for that one that's a really interesting story great let's move on to the second or the third one which is to replace negative doom and gloom thinking with constructive empowering thinking we make this choice hundreds of thousands or even hundreds or even even thousands of times per day because our minds are always running we have thousands of thoughts and we're often really negative and negative to delusional levels the problem is with this is and i'm going to take some inspiration here from uh, one of my favorite books is that whenever we think negative thoughts we're basically inspiring things to go wrong in our life we're bringing about negative events in our life what maxwell malt says i'm just going to show his book briefly here That's the book Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. What he says is your your subconscious mind is like a, an impersonal target finder. It's like an interceptor missile. So you program your subconscious mind and it just, it it's like, it, it's like a sponge. It just absorbs all the information you're giving it. And all the information you're giving it is all the information that's in your mind. And so if you're programming your subconscious mind, if you're, continually thinking negative thoughts that's what your subconscious gets programmed with and then all the things that come after that all the things that all the events and actions that that generates are all going to be based on those thoughts so the problem with doom and gloom th doom and gloom thinking is it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because what we're actually doing is we're programming our our mental system and our the system that helps us over time bring about events in our life we're actually proging we're just throwing junk food in there if we can instead transform all that into constructive empowering thinking we turn the tide you know we're we're actually programming the sun subconscious mind with a, a positive goal with positive outcomes and then we're going to be unconsciously, we're going to be automatically moving towards those. This isn't just positive thinking. So it's not just like we're bypassing obstacles in our life. It's really about reprogramming the, reprogramming the whole mechanism such that the negative things that happen in our life start to diminish. And even when we do face them, we're going to be in a much better place because we've actually replaced our horrible doom and gloom thinking or catastrophic thinking as i said with constructive empowering thinking and we can practice this throughout the day so it's really important that you're able to catch your mind in the act of doing this as it's happening in the moment but also and i'm going to tell you a really important case story that i found on reddit but also we can set time aside to deliberately program to reprogram our thinking and therefore reprogram the subconscious mind by you know certain setting time aside for affirmations and auto suggestion so five minutes a day of positive repeat repeated positive thoughts regarding a certain situation i'm going to tell a really 
interesting story about this from AloneVictory4859 on Reddit. They said, quote, I always found myself judging people in cranky moods and I hated myself in life. However, I got fed up of feeling hate and anger all the time. I haven't smashed any inanimate objects to bits in over, in over four months because I slowly reprogrammed my way of thinking. I tell myself I am happy. I don't get angry. I literally stop myself mid-fit or rage and say to myself, stop, this does not affect me, end quote. So it's a really good example of seeing your mind in action and this person's definitely replaced negative thinking with positive thinking and they're doing it by seeing it as it happens. And this is good because like with alone victory, it stops us, <coughs> it stops us acting on that negative thinking in the moment and it has us step back and, and act in a more functional way and in a more considered way, maybe. Second case study for this one is Teach Goblin Teach Goblin's Music on Reddit. They said, quote, I've been working on a mantra to help overcome my ne negative thinking spiral. After, after talking to my partner about how he overcame addiction, he informed me that for him, he had a mantra to help him through, which was, I don't need it. And when he was describing the process, it floored me how often he had to repeat that to himself, literally over and over again. So currently, I'm working on really digging in and repeating it more and more and trying to be more observing, observant of my thoughts so I can repeat it even when I don't originally realise I need it. End quote. Yeah, there's some really interesting points in here and one of them is about the repetition. Yeah, affirmations and mantras and whatnot take a lot of repetition because you're literally programming the way your mind and body process your experience and you're replacing your old thinking habits with new ones. It takes time, but it really does work. And I've found that setting a time aside for it really can be powerful in a way that just seeing it in the moment can't. Also, yeah, it, the, the point about the mantras and the, the affirmations is that by doing it every day, regardless of your mood, regardless of whether you're feeling like you need it or not, what you're doing is you're, you're lifting the, the baseline up because if you just target it in those negative moments, fine. But by, I think as well, you're, by doing it every day, regardless of mood, you're, you're actually sort of putting it in the bank as well. You're putting, you're upgrading your thoughts all the time such that when you really need it it's going to be there it's in the bank so to speak I think both are really really important and it comes comes down to mindfulness again the more you practice observing your thoughts the better you become at it and the less the less of a victim you are to your negative thinking great let's move on to finding new inner voices this one is motivated by a conversation I had with Space Cadet on Reddit. So here's another case study for you. Very interesting one. They told me, quote, I had been hiding under so much scar tissue that I could barely function as a human. I had no identity. My role was to appear small and pliable and not take up much space, end quote. So what had happened to Space Cadet? <laughs> 
the name isn't a good fit in this context, but we'll go with it. What happened to Space Cadet was that she had had a really damaging intimate relationship and be she had become so submissive to her husband that she even became fearful and anxious and traumatized by him. And to get out of this rut, to get out of her fear, she started doing things scared, even though she could barely function, even though she was hiding under a lot of this scar tissue. She deliberately did things that pushed, that had her pushed past her fear no matter what. And after a while of doing this, she told me that she discovered a new, stronger inner voice to identify with. So previously it was that voice of fear and submission and anxiety that was driving her. That was like her dominant voice. But over time, she found this new voice and it was one that it challenged her, but it did so boldly and also kindly. So it, it, it asked her to push beyond, but it did so sort of kindly, like a, a teacher that's encouraging you, pushing you on, trying to realize your potential, but doing it in a loving way. And this, this helped her to get to the root of the fear. And she told me that, quote, over time, I found my voice was actually louder than my fear, end quote. So I think this is really beautiful because it all it illustrates the point that we have many competing voices in our mind and this is one of the this is a key lesson here we have many competing voices you know we have voices from the reptilian we have voices from the limbic and we have voices from the the purely human system the purely human part of the brain and all of these are operating on different levels and each of them have different sort of demands and needs and values and motivations and often we can in our through our relationship through our boss our relationship with bosses through negative experiences we've had in our lives we can start giving so much weight and so much identity and so much energy to the the really disempowering voices within us that basically we become so identified with them and not only not only are we identified with the voice, the, the, just the phenomenon of thinking and the mind, we're actually identified with a really negative, disempowered, victimized voice inside of us. And I guess it's a really, it's a call to us all to ask us which voices are we identified with? Are we identified with voices of scarcity and disempowerment? Are we, are we identify, identified with voices that are loving and empowering and what not what i've also found is that people actually enjoy being victims they enjoy uh, identifying with these kinds of voices because it becomes like <clears throat> it just becomes a habit it becomes like a comfort blanket and even even if we know it's it's damaging like you know smoking or drinking or any other negative addiction we just become accustomed to it and we just can't we just can't break that habit. And yes, this is a call to ask ourselves what inner voices we are identified with. And yeah, again, it comes back to mindfulness. It comes back to creating this witness awareness, which is why I introduced the witness awareness in the first section as part of the principles, because it's just so important. If we can't take a step back from our mind and see it like a TV screen in front of us, uh, it's going to make our task much harder. 
Violet Otto had something to say about this as well. They said, quote, I have named the evil inner voice and speak back to it. It is now just a small scared child and I tell her, thanks, but I got this. You sit down and be quiet now, end quote. I really love that strategy. And yeah, you can speak lovingly to these voices. It's, it's not about beating them down in submission because then you're just creating a sort of an evil inner voice that wants to dominate. It's, it's, you know, it's about having compassion, but also realizing that much of these voices don't really do anything for you. Great, this one is purely my own, but I've found that this is just, it's so important. It's so important to healthy, having a healthy mind. This one is to turn attention to yourself. What am I talking about here? Well, the mind is self-referential. But although it's self-referential, it has a hard time <laughs> turning the attention back on itself. What you'll find if you look at your thoughts enough, what your thoughts are often doing is that if you have a problem in your life, or you have a disagreement with someone, or you have like a moral uh, stance that is different to someone else, you often start blaming the other person and you often, you're just, you're basically shouting at the other person in your mind. And more deeper, on a deeper level than that, your mind is always searching for a sense of other. It's always searching for a sense of what is not you. And really, that is all part of the mind. And the sense of other is all inside you. It's not something that objectively exists. The sense of other is something that you create. And what this means for mind health is that anytime that you find yourself thinking about other people, blaming, blaming them, um, looking for something from them in your mind, you're giving up your power to develop a healthy mind. And all of that exteriorizing that the mind does is really a, it's a way of distracting itself from its own dysfunction and its own disempowerment in that certain area. So yeah, nothing is separate from you. And all those urges and mental habits that you have are all built from your psychology. It's not about other people. It's all about your mind health. And when your mind is not healthy, it projects out and it looks for answers and it looks to blame other people. And uh, the big takeaway here is to, first of all, cultivate an awareness of this mechanism of the fact that it's always looking for other in a very deep sense. And also to, in the moment, to when it's doing that, is to say to yourself, no, let me turn the attention back to myself. How can I transform myself and my own mind health to make sure that this mechanism isn't going to happen, that I'm not going to blame other people and I'm going to take responsibility for this? And well, if you can do that, that is just extremely, extremely, extremely powerful. So listen, I hope this has really inspired you to improve your mind health and yeah, get started on these habits as soon as you can. Head over to thegreatupdraft.com for many articles on personal transformation and also ebooks and courses. I've also got a newsletter there. And please subscribe to the YouTube channel for more videos. I have more videos coming out regularly. So 
stay, stay subscribed to stay up to date with my latest work. Thanks for watching and I'll see you soon.